Welcome to On Olive Oil, hosted by Curtis Cord, the publisher of Olive Oil Times. Featuring 30-minute discussions with people throughout the world, sharing their unique perspectives on the ever-changing olive oil landscape. This week's guest is Sicilian olive oil producer, Giuseppe Taibi. At the end of the day, it is uh, finding where there are problems and coming up with uh, original innovative solutions. Now, from New York City, here's Curtis Cord. Giuseppe Taibi is a tech entrepreneur and a fourth-generation olive oil producer from Sicily. While pursuing an advanced degree in engineering in Boston some time ago, Giuseppe met the woman who would be his wife, but couldn't find anywhere in the city an olive oil that would satisfy his desires. It wasn't long before Giuseppe had 700 bottles of his family's Bianco Lilia and Nocellata del Belich mono varietal extra virgin olive oils at the port of Boston, and he set out to introduce the tastes of his homeland to a skeptical city. Now, his award-winning brand, Olio Taibi, is sold throughout the Boston area and beyond. And it's in Boston that we find Giuseppe today, having just returned from the harvest at his family's farm in Sicily. So welcome to On Olive Oil, Giuseppe. Happy to be here. So you're a fourth-generation olive oil producer and a tech entrepreneur. That's right. Talk about polar opposites. (laughs) New tech and old school. What's that about? Well, that is the, f- the result of being born uh, in Sicily, in a place, in a, in a town that was founded by the Greeks uh, 2,500 years ago, but somehow having the, the gene of being an innovator. And so being drawn to computers and uh, programming since uh, when I was 14. And this has been sort of the theme of my entire life, how to balance these two sides uh, of my life, of, of myself. All the traditions that I was born with, which are for sure the envy of the world in many regards, but at the same time, the very same traditions that enrich uh, the culture can also be the reason for slowing down progress. And I imagine that really both both sides of you, if we can call it that, your tech side and your... And your uh, olive oil production, they're really essentially both problem-solving, aren't they? Precisely. That is exactly what it is. At the end of the day, it is uh, finding where there are problems and coming up with uh, original innovative solutions. Hmm. Uh, and so the, the two worlds actually now, after so many years of uh, practicing, I feel like uh, they, they very nicely support each other. How so? For sure... Let's let's take the the first uh, the first angle, which is uh, my my professional life uh, as a tech entrepreneur. So, being a tech entrepreneur in uh, in I live in Boston, the United States. Um, it's uh, there's a lot of tech entrepreneurs here. Let's put it this way, and I'm sure I I am very good. I consider myself pretty good, but there are others who are also just as good. So, it is a, a very nice. Uh, uh, option to be able to sort of have strike a conversation about olive oil <laughs> and and then even give a sample 
uh, of the olive oil to the folks uh, that you work with or that you're interested in uh, you know, forming a new relation with because uh, that is the one thing that they will always remember. <laughs> Interesting. And very few people uh, have that. Uh, that option in their kind of networking arsenal. The option to connect, uh, uh, you know, with other people in the in the high tech world with something like a low tech but extremely high quality as uh, olive oil. So you moved to Boston some time ago, I think, to be to pursue your advanced uh, degree, and you decided to stay. Yes. So it was a, a particular time in history when the internet was like really booming. So I originally came at the end of 98 for uh, doing, in fact, some artificial intelligence uh, research for a doctorate degree. Uh, and then uh, they, I found uh, an incredible environment here, uh, very much uh, set to be leader in the in the high tech world, entrepreneurship and venture capital and, and all that. So it was uh, very easy to decide that, given my in, my professional interest, given my my drive and my passion, Boston was uh, the right place uh, to stay. And I was fortunate enough to also have met uh, uh, my wife here, who is uh, an artist and. Uh, she actually now is the chair of the studio for integrated media at uh, Massachusetts College of Art in Boston. But back then, she was uh, an artist interested in tech, and I was a techie interested in art. So we met at the Boston Cyber <laughs> Arts Festival. <laughs> and when uh, when you first arrived in Boston and you surveyed the scene for 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 olive oil, what did you find there? Oh, that is precisely what kind of triggered the the notion of like. Uh, Okay, this is so not where it should be, <laughs> as, as far as the options and the and the quality of olive oil, and and immediately came up with the idea. Okay, first of all, in order for me to even survive in this uh, in this environment, which is not my uh, climate and and my kind of food options, I, I must have uh, my own olive oil here. And then it came pretty natural again, being a an entrepreneur and with many other people actually who I was sharing my olive oil with, they say, oh, this is so good. You got to bring it to this and that. And so I was encouraged to to actually figure out who were the kind of leaders, uh, opinion leaders, at least in the in the high end uh, food uh, world here in Boston. And I connected with them. Very simply got introduced. Um, provided some samples and the response uh, was uh, fantastic that's in 1998 did you say well that was uh, in 1998 is when i came uh, i took a couple of more years uh, for actually deciding to first having the, even the time <laughs> to to go in uh, and and connect with other food but uh, it's, it's been almost 15 years since but it you, is yeah. yes do you remember looking back in the year 2000 2001 speaking to people in Boston uh, about olive oil, what they knew about it. Has that level of understanding changed over the years that you've been watching it? I would say that there is an, in an increase, yes. Um, there is more and more awareness. There's been also, like uh, here in Boston, a lot of people have uh, been getting all the news about the benefits <clears throat> of olive oil, but also have been getting the news about all the 
troubles in, in the Holy World world of the various counterfeiting. So everybody asks me, how do I figure out which olive oil I should buy? And that is still like the, the number one question. But I would say uh, to answer your question is, yes, there is for sure a increase the sense of awareness about the fact that olive oil is not just a, a simple bottle you pick from the shelf at the cheapest price, but there's much more to, to learn and to be aware of. What's the family farm like? So we have um, uh, 2,000 trees. Uh, we have two cultivars that we have. It's um, Nocellara del Belice and Biancolilla. So the Nocellara del Belice is a kind of olive that is actually found now also here, in uh, at least in Boston, but I'm sure it's somewhere else too, at the olive bar. It's called uh, Castelvetrano olive. I don't know why they chose that particular name, but it is because Castelvetrano is where these olives uh, are in, in great quantity. And so it's an olive that is great for eating, but also for making olive oil. Um, the way I describe the, the olive oils that we make, the nocellara and the biancolilla, is sort of like similar to, to wine. So I say that nocellara is great for the kind of uh, recipes and dishes that are typically paired with a red wine because it's bold and peppery. Um, whereas biancolilla, uh, which is an olive which is smaller than nocellara, uh, and it's... Uh, really exclusively grown for making olive oil. We, we call it like the cashmere glove <laughs> of, uh, of olive oil, um, of flavor, and so it goes with all the kind of uh, uh, dishes that are typically paired with, uh, with white wine. Uh, it could be, you know, caprese salad, it could be delicate uh, fish dishes, that kind of, that's how we we'll look at it. Well, I was wondering about that. Uh, you, you just returned from, uh, from Italy where you participated in the harvest. How did that go? So the harvest is, uh, you know, one of the top uh, moments of uh, the life uh, in the olive grove. Uh, it's very intense. Uh, there's a lot more people on the ground than normally. Um, and so in this case, uh, there were about like uh, eight people plus me, nine. And uh, it's, uh, it starts like at 7 a.m. And it's like uh, going, picking, 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 picking up until about 4 p.m. With a, with a stop for um, with an hour more or less for, uh, for lunch. Um, I'm there helping, but I'm also there providing all sort of support, making sure, you know, if we, if somebody needs, uh, like, a, let's say, fuel for a generator, which we use uh, for powering our, our tools, uh, okay, I can go and run to the, <laughs> to the town nearby, get it and come back. Uh, the morale, I'm sure, I'm, make, I'm making sure everybody is happy, everybody's humming, uh, you know. Uh, we strategize a bit about which section of the uh, olive grove we're going to tackle, um, but 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 it's really important to get in the rhythm. And uh, this year also, I I resorted to yet another innovation, which is to stream live from uh, the Olio Taibi uh, olive grove uh, as many moments of the harvest as I could possibly fit. Um, and it was really a huge success. I We've watched had it. lots of people. Oh, good. I watched it and it was interesting. 
The olives, I have to say, looked like they were in very good condition. Absolutely. We've had phenomenal uh, quality of the, of the trees and the fruit this year. Absolutely zero defects. So we are very excited about the oil that, that came out. Were you harvesting the olives uh, at the same time as your neighbors or a little earlier or a little later? Uh, so I am definitely on the early side. And uh, in that regard, uh, I'm also like a, an advocate and for, for trying to rally everybody there to, to, to go and do it the right way, which is to pick uh, on the early side uh, when the olives are still green, essentially, mm-hmm. um, which, uh, as, as you know, Curtis, is uh, the best time for the highest quality. Right. Um, the culture in, in my, in, in the, of the neighbors there is that they don't have, they don't have that much exposure to the international scene <laughs> as much as I do. So they don't have yet that kind of level of awareness of uh, doing things in a certain way because they also sell most of their olive oil in the local market. So they're really looking for yield. They're looking for yield. Um, they're, they're not doing the awful things of like uh, picking the olives that are that fell on the ground, mm-hmm. but they generally are more concerned about yield than they're concerned about quality. And this is really mostly because the local market isn't quite there yet. Um, hasn't, hasn't, which is very interesting because how, why is it the case is the question. Like how is it that um, olive oil in that region is not, doesn't everybody do it the, the right way? Mm-hmm. And I, I think that the answer is because, uh, because this level of quality that we that we aim for is actually a new culture it is an innovation because for many 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 years practically forever <laughs> the way olives have been picked and the way in which olive oil has been made was really the the the, the worst possible way because the one thing that mattered was yield interesting what's it like when the family gets together there so it's a it's a a big moment of uh, happiness and love. Uh, you know, we all stay very close together for uh, for this time, and there is particularly uh, joyful also because uh, I come from the United States, so that that makes it even more special. Um, last year, I was able to also bring my my entire family from from Boston, so my two daughters and my wife. Uh, this is something we didn't do this year because. Uh, there is school going on, so we couldn't quite do that two years in a row. But mm. um, it's certainly extremely joyful, and uh, we work hard, um, especially because we pick and press the olives uh, the same day. Uh, the, the the real challenge becomes uh, what happens at the press, because right. uh, the press is a very expensive facility that it's hard to justify even for an olive grow of our size. So... What happens there? There's a tremendous amount of uh, small, independent, like uh, landowners. Somebody might have ten trees. Somebody might have a hundred trees, and and they all show up uh, at the press. Which, uh, to give them credit, they they even put a new line with for increased output. But still, this year's uh, crop is like uh, so abundant that um, they can't keep up. So easily, I go there at four, 
and 4 p.m., 5 p.m., and then I come back home at like a 2, 3 a.m. And you wait until it's your turn and you watch your olives go through the press. Is that how it works? That is precisely how it works. And do you leave with the oil? Uh, no, I do leave the oil. Uh, I personally leave the oil there because uh, the same, because we put our our like uh, silos in uh, in the same facility so that we minimize uh, any potential issue due to transportation. Mm-hmm. So so this is certified organic. So we have certified organic uh, olive grove, and so we go to this press that also is certified organic. For, for the press itself, uh, as well as the storing and then uh, the packing. Did you taste your oil coming out of the press? I do, but I don't put the finger. <laughs> I kind of <laughs> take, take a little bottle, uh, put it in there, and then pour it uh, onto like a, a spoon or directly in, in my mouth. And how did it taste? Oh, it tastes fantastic. It's like the, the magic. The magic moment is that one there, is when you get it right when it's just made. You can... You can you can feel like uh, the, the all all the antioxidants that express themselves uh, with the bitterness, uh, like really completely uh, taking over your palate, and, and so it's it's real, it's magic, it's the reward. And does your family enjoy it at uh, at the meal time during harvest? Oh yes, absolutely. How's we- the food there? So the food in Sicily, wow! It's, I mean, uh, in your house? Oh, in our house. Okay, so we, you know, we do eat a lot of vegetables. Uh, we we eat, we love fish. Uh, the fruit, whatever. We mostly go with whatever is in season. There's still that option. I mean, we still have that kind of culture of eating what's in season. For example, right now uh, there is a uh, prickly pears. I mean, last up until last month there were prickly pears, which are super good um and and we enjoy that we also love eating certain kind of weeds that actually grow spontaneously after the rain Hmm. in uh from the ground so we we pick them from like uh, right under like like where the olives are we pick them we either quickly saute them or we just quickly uh boil them steam them whatever and then we eat those so there's there's a lot of that we also eat the olives we, we actually get the nocellata olives, we crack them, we put them with uh, water and salt so that you know, it gets some of the bitterness out, and then they are delicious. Do you think that the style of cooking in your family in Sicily has adapted somewhat to the profile of the olive oils that you produce on your land? I was wondering about that. Does, uh, does over the years, through the generations of making, because for four generations, have you has your family always made these two cultivars? Uh, well, there's been also other cultivars that have been kind of more that are ancient. We call them olivi saraceni. That is a way to say we don't really know exactly what these olives are, but they've been there for a long, long time. Um, I would say it's probably a little bit of a stretch to think that we have adapted the way of cooking to our olives. It's more like that the way that the, the, these are such common olives in our area that it is automatic. So it is really the, the way which we cook, um, it's actually because of, of the way the oil is in the area. Um, mm. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't go as far as saying that over time things have necessarily uh like I, I wouldn't be able to, to pinpoint exactly where that 
like match would be. But it works well, doesn't it? Oh, it works wonders. It's, it's yeah. just a match. It, it goes uh, without too much thinking. Let's put it this way. Yeah. It's just like that. Yeah. Yeah. So getting back to Boston. So you're here. So you came here. You, you met your wife. And then I guess decided to, to import some olive oil. Is that how it worked out? Yes, it was pretty much like that. I didn't, I didn't think of, okay, I'm going to the United States and I'm going to start importing my oil. No, it was uh, first because I, I really wanted it for myself. And then I re- realized the realization that uh, there, there was an opportunity to introduce uh, the, such high-quality product to, to people who might be appreciating it. Do you remember that first shipment? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And how many, <laughs> ca- how many cases was it in the beginning? So it was uh, 130 cases, one pallet, which uh, one cases of six bottles at that time. Now, actually, I've, I've uh, increased the size of the case to 12 bottles, but still half a liter. So you had 700 bottles of your family olive oil from Sicily, and you're sitting there in Boston. <laughs> and then what did you do? And then I basically the way I, I do this, uh, this kind of business development, if you wish, is uh, whatever is in my path um, it could be a store it could be a restaurant I most likely am already customer of that particular venue so I have developed some kind of relation with the owner usually it tends to be small high quality and so from that point on striking up the conversation oh yes uh, my family makes uh, olive oil oh i would like to try and here is the bottle try what do you think oh that's great can we have it here of course no problem <laughs> so that's uh, a lot of that is uh, the way i started was uh, was like that to to really go at a personal relation type of uh, type of approach which i actually think is uh, still today the one that makes the most sense for a product that is requires a little bit of uh, almost education, even from the ones who are sophisticated, to fully appreciate the nuances of it. Interesting. Stay within your path at first. Talk to people you already know instead of trying to break the ice with a, with a stranger. Right. Also, I, I try to understand like whether or not there was a for example, the opportunity to work with a distributor. And I don't know, maybe I didn't get good luck, but I didn't feel <laughs> that the, distribu- the distribution world was uh, really capable of giving justice to a product of this kind. Hmm. So I feel like, okay, I have to do it myself. And so how many bottles are you importing now each season? So now I'm bringing about like uh, 5,000 bottles. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, now I have a few more of these um, uh, high-end places, a lot of repeat customers, of course. And uh, I also sell it online uh, on Amazon.com. And there's a lot of family and friends also who are definitely uh, really great, uh, like loyal customers, and they tell other people. So there's a certain amount of word of mouth. Um, but I'm also... Now at the point in which uh, I invested a little bit more of my resources and I'm investing more of my time because I see the opportunity from the commercial point of view to be really good. And uh, I think I'm uniquely positioned 
having invested so much time already and having validated so many uh, points of the value proposition that I can actually be a little bit more aggressive and uh, and getting in front of, uh, of more people. Mm. So again, new, new branding, new label. Um, I'm planning to work a lot more with restaurants for the very simple reason that um, I feel like if you go to a restaurant, you are there to enjoy the evening. And so just like uh, the restaurant brings you bottled wine, I feel like the restaurant should bring you bottled olive oil instead of generic, undescript uh, oil that comes uh, in uh, either a dish or in these uh, refilled bottles that are even clear. Who knows how long these have been with oil sitting there? What kind of oil is there? Um, but I already have some restaurants who have expressed interest in like uh, coming up with this concept. And so, I think that would be very innovative. So what are some of the signals that you're seeing out, out there that make you feel optimistic about the opportunity uh, that lies ahead? In general, what I see there is uh, more and more uh, like a uh, reference in the news about the uh, about the benefits of high quality olive oil um i see also the level of curiosity and interest uh, uh, rising um whether it is a cocktail party <clears throat> that i might be at but also um when i talk to potential customers uh, retailers and restaurants they they notice something uh in the way i present the the product and I see that it's something that they've been almost uh, looking for. And so for them, uh, it's also an opportunity to get an education in, uh, in olive oil, which, uh, you know, they have a lot of things to do. And so if they can talk to a producer like me, uh, as opposed to a salesperson that might sell whatever, then they can uh, really raise their olive oil IQ, which will make them better cooks and make their customers uh, happier and more loyal. How much do you sell a bottle of olive oil for? So I sell a case of um, 12 bottles for $200 at a wholesale. Um, and then on uh, online, I sell one bottle for uh, $49.95, shipping included, or two bottles or more for $35 each. Again, shipping included anywhere in the country. Actually, we've got some orders uh, also to some kind of U.S. Uh, military uh, troops in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's, that's exciting. <laughs> $35 a bottle, that's pretty steep. Uh, I wouldn't say it's... Uh, I mean, if you compare it to supermarket oil, absolutely. Right. Uh, there's no there's no discussion, but we're talking about two completely different products. Actually, if you look at at the um, at the comparable quality oils, it's uh, practically a midpoint. Mm-hmm. There's oils that go easily for uh, forty, even fifty. You know, there are a lot of people in these younger generations uh, here in the states who get the idea of importing the oil made at the family mill or their estate. Uh, to sell it here in America. You probably met others who are trying to do what you've done. Have you? Oh, absolutely. There there are some who are also trying to do the same thing. And uh, it's pretty much a work in progress, you know, depending on how long (laughs) you have been uh, doing this. Uh, Mm -hmm. 
I I like to to give people tips and advice. Uh, I actually like to even trying to to partner with them because I feel there's a there's not just one olive oil that is the best in the world. <laughs> actually, there's a, there are a lot of them, and uh, these uh, these olive oils uh, tell a story. They tell a story of the of the olive. They tell a story of the region. Just like wine, they tell a story of the makers. They 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 are their own unique story and so just like wine olive oil um, has the opportunity to, to delight people with um, all these different products and stories that are attached to them yeah well we see a lot of people who uh, are trying to uh, develop a market for their family brand but it's not easy no, it's not easy at all. I mean, it requires uh, focus. It requires uh, investments too, investment of time, investment of money. Um, it's uh, it's the kind of stuff that can easily uh, bankrupt you. <laughs> 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 These people, unfortunately, uh, you know, have tried, lost a lot of money, and probably folded. Um, I would say I find a lot of inspiration, uh, really, from the from the from the world of uh, wine marketing and sales i i would say that to me seems like the the one that has a lot of material that is available so you can actually go on and look for uh, books uh, on on this particular market there's not a whole lot of um, olive oil marketing material <laughs> but if you study the wine marketing and sales uh, books and materials you actually will be able to fairly easily translate that to the olive oil world. What is an example of a lesson that you learned by watching the the wine uh, record? Well, that there are uh, different ways of positioning uh, your brand, depending on the size, depending on uh, the price point. And so each different uh, like uh, brand needs uh, the, the kind of tactics that the, and strategies that actually makes sense for for that particular product and brand. Mm -hmm. It's absurd trying to go uh, to a supermarket distributor if you have a production of like uh, 10,000 bottles. There will never be an economic uh, case that will work in your favor. Right. You will have to basically give away your high-quality <laughs> product, and if you're lucky, you will break even. Can you recall a decision that you made early on in your effort that got you on the right track one piece of advice for others who who are trying to do this and uh you might be facing some some big challenges well i'd say that i would probably say that the the one thing that you really need to be extremely serious about is quality and uh, olive oil is the kind of uh, product that one thing goes wrong you don't even realize that it's going wrong <laughs> and ruins your product and so this is like an obsession with quality is extremely important at the same time i would say if you are in the olive oil business and you care about quality and that's your your type of of market then you have to tell your own unique story now the simplest, most natural way of telling the story is to have a product that is a monocultivar, like uh, like we do. We have two kind of olives, but we don't make them. We don't. We don't make a blend. We actually uh, pick and press uh, the the cultivar separately. 
And on that, you can build a story. You can build a story of the particular taste profile of the olive oil that comes um, with that particular cultivar. There are like, I think, over 1,500 cultivars uh, that have been cataloged uh, in, on the planet. So that is uh, an incredible wealth of, uh, of stories uh, mm-hmm. and, and that you can build on top of the particular cultivar that you happen to have uh, in your olive grove. People understand that because, again, there are the parallels to wine and uh, the different types of wine that are available. Yeah, and I think that if you piggyback on something that people understand like wine, which is much more widely understood, uh, you are in a better shape than instead trying to explain all the technicalities of uh, what makes your olive oil so good. Have you ever considered crowdfunding to to help uh, raise money for your business? I actually started kind of uh, much earlier, so crowdfunding wasn't really available back then, and I haven't, but uh, might be an option for somebody who is starting now. How important is social media to your company now? Or is it? do you think it's at, at the early stages of, of helping you? I would say it's, uh, it's something that I am seeing as a as an investment, as a way to connect with, uh, with the right audience. It is important. Um, I, would, I would say that every kind of channel has its strengths and its, and its weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Social media has the strength of being uh, like uh, very much in the moment. So whenever there's something that is interesting, I kind of retweet something or make a comment and com- connect with others. Uh, so I feel like uh, I can make uh, connections. I can provide almost like a service by curating all the many news uh, that come uh, that come to me. If I have like a Google alert, for example, every day gives me whatever Google finds that has olive oil inside it. <laughs> And so I sometimes I find something that is worth sharing, and I go ahead and share it. Uh, a lot of times, uh, this actually comes from the Olive Oil Times, because right. <laughs> you guys do such a great job. <laughs> Thank you. Of course. Um, what, what about competitions? Do they ah, have competitions? Absolutely. This has been like another important thing. I think going into competitions uh, is uh, uh, one of the best ways to to really understand what you have in your hands. Because, uh, again, in the olive oil world, you find a lot of people who say, oh, I have a fantastic oil. But you actually have no idea what you have until you go to like a serious competition. That's going to be like uh, hard for people to figure out which one are the most serious. I, I can say that, in my experience, the New York International Olive Oil Competition has been extremely serious. Um, and like the feedback I, I get and the, the people I connect with are absolutely the best in the world. And so... I highly encourage anybody who wants to follow this uh, this path to to do that, to participate to the competition. You might not win, uh, but you will know where you stand, and you will be able to do whatever it is uh, to to the, to make it better the next year. So the harvest is over now, and uh, do you know how many, uh, or do you, do you have any measurement of the yield, or is it still going on? How long does it take the harvest at your farm? So we actually are done with the olive harvest. We have we have completed that in uh, by the end of the of of, of October. Mm-hmm. You know the harvest uh, requires uh, the the ground to be dry. So we want to start earlier. We got some early rain, and so we had a few stops here and there. But we are able to to complete the harvest uh, um, in a month in October. Uh, 
And so now, as far as the yield goes, uh, our yield is pretty consistent, is like 15%. And uh, so now we are in the process of uh, filtering our oil, because we, we do filter it, um, and then packing it and have it shipped to the United States. Um, and, and when will you receive it? So uh, this is uh, something that I wish would be on time for the holiday shopping season. But I feel for this year might be a little too challenging, uh, just because the personnel that that does the packing is still very busy uh, with the with the pressing. The harvest of the pressing in Sicily goes on pretty much throughout October, November, and the good half uh, of uh, December. Now it does slow down uh, pretty much uh, half November, so I am working every day with the with the folks uh, who are in charge of, uh, of packing to to see how fast we can accelerate the process because the sooner we have it here the better it is is that important to have it here for the, for the holiday season oh that would that would be huge to have it here for the holiday season would make it so that uh, you know we'll be able to offer the freshest olive oil available in the world during the sh- the, the hottest shopping season um, at least in the United States, which is uh, the one that we are entering in right now. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, the the as we know, most retail establishments uh, uh, recover their losses and go in the black uh, during the thanks to the shopping season. So um, so there is a much more uh, eagerness to to get. Uh, the f- most fresh uh, olive oil that they can possibly get their hands to and, and offer that to their customers, especially when their customers are in a uh, high spending mode. <laughs> so there's some logistics challenges, but it is a uh, Well, you wouldn't, sh- you, would, you wouldn't send it by air, would you? Oh, by air, no, that would be, then it would be really too expensive. <laughs> right. Very much uh, the, the cost by air is like a whole other magnitude. Where can people find uh, your olive oils now if they want to buy Olio Taibi? Sure. Um, so I will be putting, putting it on Amazon again pretty soon. Right now, uh, I don't have it, so I can't put it. Um, but uh, I do have some from, from last year that I will make available uh, for anybody who really wants to get it. Uh, but then they can they can go to our website and find the... Uh, uh, the links there for the retailers, but otherwise, is if you want to, I can give you some names uh, here in the Boston area. There's um, uh, Dave's Fresh Pasta, which is in Somerville in Davis Square. Uh, there's um, Central Bottle, which is a fantastic wine store in uh, in Cambridge, uh, who also uh, has my olive oil at the moment. Uh, there's a very nice. Uh, uh, organic farm here in Lexington, which is where I actually live. It's called uh, Meadow Mist Farm. They have fantastic produce, and uh, they also sell my olive oil. Uh, up until last week, it was available also at the Brooklines Farmer's Market. So more uh, retailers uh, will be will be added very soon, and so we'll find them on oleotaibi.com. Mr. Giuseppe Taibi, thank you for joining us today. Curtis, has been always a pleasure uh, talking with you. Thank you so much for having me. On Olive Oil is produced in New York by Olive Oil Times, the world's leading olive oil publication. To listen to past episodes, visit onoliveoil.com.